Hello and welcome to the ETOP21 Sports Podcast for January 12th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOP21 Sports. And I am coming to you from snowy-ass Chicago. We are in a winter storm morning. Huge amount of snow subsided for a while, but we have some freezing rain, which is always fun. And I love this time of the year. It's the wild card weekend. So with that being said, absolutely loaded show for you today. I'm going to be sharing my DFS picks, talking about today's slate. Of course, David's going to be coming on. David and I are going to share our best bets for wild card weekend. And Chase is going to come on. We're going to talk saving, leaving Alabama. It looks like Helen DeBoer is going to be taking that job. At the time of recording, Chase and I shared who we thought Alabama should go with. And Brandon's going to come on. The Bill Belichick era is over in New England. Brandon's going to be sharing his thoughts on that. Quick things going on in the sports world. Taking up my X feed. I really don't give a flying fuck about Jason Whitlock and Stephen A. A. Smith. Excuse me. Just don't care. I like Those two are feuding back and forth. I guess Whitlock said that Smith was a plant. Smith went off at him. Now Whitlock, is, I, I guess, is tweeting every single five minutes about him saying how he's obsessed with him, even though he hasn't tweeted him. I don't know. The whole thing is fucking weird to me. Um, Yeah, a lot of firings. We're going to get into that. A lot of job openings in the NFL. If I needed to make my predictions with the job openings as is, what I think is going to happen is the Falcons go with Belichick. Chargers take Vrabel. Raiders stay with Pierce. Titans get Slowick. Panthers hire Cornese, the OC from the Bucks, and the Commanders go with Ben Johnson. Looking like Eric Bieniemy will be out. Will be interesting to see. I really feel that Belichick's going to be the first domino to fall. If a team like the Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, if they underachieve and have an early playoff exit, it wouldn't surprise me if Belichick goes to them and either McDermott, McCarthy, or Sirianni get let go. But you're not here to talk to me that. You guys love my fantasy football stuff, and we are going to hop right into it. Before we do that, I want to apologize with the traveling, hanging out with family, the new year, all that jazz. We had a quick little two-week break, but we are back at it now. Now let's jump into our DFS segment with the quarterback position. But real quick, before I jump into that, that you guys know how this works. What we're going to do is we are going to be able to build our lineup. We're going to take a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver with the quarterback position and i'm sorry we are going to be using the full full slate the saturday through the monday slate quarterback look we're gonna go jalen hurts the bucks give up the fifth most dk points per game to opposing quarterbacks plus they give up the second most touchdowns rushing to opposing quarterbacks and the 12th most passing tds and third most passing yards 
Bucks give up the fourth most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers and the third most receiving yards to opposing tight ends. By taking Hurts, we're going to be able to get all the production that Galbert, Smith, and Brown have. That's why I love Jalen Hurts, and that's why we're going to take him at 7,700 at our quarterback position. Now, in terms of the running back, lots of options. We can pay up. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to James Cook at 6,600. Look, snow, 25 to 35 mile per hour winds. Makes me think this is going to be more of a ground-based attack by both teams. Since Joe Brady has taken over the play calling, Cook per game has gone from 61.5 yards to 72.4 yards per game. 12 rushing attempts to 17 rushing attempts. 11.9 DK points per game to 17 DK points per game. Steelers allow the 10th most rushing yards to opposing running backs, the most of any team in the playoffs. The 14th most DK points to running backs. The last three running backs have averaged over 3.9 yards per carry, plus no watt. I think this is going to be a heavy cook game, a heavy run game. I like James Cook at 6,600. Now, let's shift our attention over to the wide receiver for the position. Obviously, we could pay up for C.D. Lamb, take Tyreek Hill, go A.J. Brown, go Ahmad Rod, but we're not going to do that. We're going to go to Cooper Cup at 7,500. Lions have a pass funnel, which opens up the middle of the field. They allow the third most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers, along with the fifth most yards and the second most touchdowns. With that being said, Cup runs out of the slot 60% of the time. I know you're saying, Eric, what about the other 40% of the time? Look, Lions allow the third most yards and third most DK points to opposing wide receivers. I think wherever Cup lines up is an absolute banger of a matchup. So with that being said, we're going to take Cooper Cup. So there you have it. The players that we are locking into are Cooper Cup, James Cook, and Jalen Hurts. If you have any questions, make sure to DM me as my DMs are always open. Now let's shift our attention over to some NFL betting with David, a.k.a. BetterDP21. We've reached the part of the podcast where we are talking betting in the playoffs. And who better to come on than the man, the myth, the legend, David, a.k.a. BetterDP21. David, how are you doing today, my man? Doing great, man. You know, this is my last mild day for the weekend before we drop into the single digits across the board for the next like four days. And I'm hunkered down inside trying to figure out what to do with my life. <laughs> Dude, just let me give you just let, so we're in our winter storm warning here in Chicago. Yeah. We have eight inches right now. That is going to proceed through Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday through Tuesday, just listen to these temperatures. High two, low negative nine. Monday, high negative two, low negative 11. Wednesday, high negative three, low negative six. And then the heat wave comes. Then we have two days of 15 degrees. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm working with, man. So I, I totally, totally feel, feel you. It is a brutally... 
Well, you're, you're just getting everything we get first, right? Because, yeah. I mean, with, with some lake effect, because, you know, we're, we're over here going 13 minus 3 tomorrow, Sunday 10 minus 5, Monday 4 minus 6, like, and then to your point, by middle of next week, we're, we'll be at 50, 50, 5 zero, after being at 4. Anyway, I mean, I know, I know everybody loves our weather reports and everything, but you know, it's like two weeks we're going to be in the 37s here, dude. So I'm really looking forward to that. But, um, but I'm really, I'm really interested to see how that affects you know Miami going to KC, you know, stuff like that. My Miami going to state KC. We got some weather issues with your boys up in Buffalo. It's going to be an interesting week of football. Those listening or watching for the first time, how it works is David gives a side and a total. I give a player prop and a side. David, you are the guest. You are going to be kicking off. Where are you going, yep. my man? Yeah, so first game, um, you know, so like you said, as we do this, I give first half uh, side um, or total and uh, same thing with the full game. And for the first half, I'm looking at the Packers-Cowboys game. So this is like the best edge that I'm seeing on the board outside of totals, which I, I really can't advocate for right now based on weather conditions for, for Buffalo. Otherwise, I'd be staring at that Buffalo over 17 points for that game. So, anyway, where I was going, Packers-Cowboys. We're looking at the Cowboys minus 4.5 for the first half. My model has this as the Cowboys winning with a margin of about 9 points in the first half over the Green Bay Packers. Um Everything sets up nicely for pack uh, for the Cowboys at home right now. You know they're they're rolling with probably the second best defense going into these you know wild card matchup weekend together. Um, they hold the number six overall passing defense. They hold the number nine rushing defense with uh, Devoe, current Devoe rankings. Um, you know, and then on the opposite end, they're a top ten team in passing, and then you know top twelve. Uh, when it comes to rushing. So, you know, their their overall body of work is just better than the Packers. The Packers on the other, op- opposite side of the ball, rushing defense number 26, passing defense number 27. Really going to give the Cowboys a lot of opportunity to, to really pick and choose, you know, what's coming and what's available to them. And they'll probably be able to play off of that really well against the Packers coming into their stadium. Um, you know, Packers have – a really good passing offense right now with Jordan Love. You got to you got to love it what they're doing with you know some of the young receivers out there. Um, you know, I just I think the Cowboys are going to be too much for them in this early round. I really like their overall defense. I like their overall offense and just kind of the way everything's meshing up for themselves going into this. Might be one of the healthier teams right now, just uh, you know from an overall body of work as well. So, you know, based on those numbers. Seeing that we have basically a five-point edge, uh, we're looking for you know at least a touchdown uh, when the model is showing as much. Uh, that's where I'm going to put my you know first half bet: Dallas minus four and a half. I like it, dude. Mike McCarthy and Dak. You got Jordan Love. Um, there is a trend going on with quarterbacks making their first start. Love obviously falls in that. My player prop. I am going Cooper Cup, 68 and a half receiving yards. 
Cup runs 60% of his routes out of the slot, and the Lions give up the fifth most yards to opposing slot wide receivers. Lions run a pass funnel system. That's why they're so good against the run. Opens up the middle of the field. With Cup running 60% of his routes from the slot, he's going to be living in the middle of the field. Lions are one DV away versus the run. If they are able to stop Kyron Williams, this could lead to the Rams getting behind the sticks, forcing to pass the ball more. Lions give up the third most yards per game to opposing wide receivers. So if he does line up on the outside, this is still a favorable matchup. Cup, only 12 games, still second on the Rams in targets. 16% target share, averaged eight targets a game. I think in a playoff setting, Stafford is going to go to the player he likes more. So I'm taking Cooper Cup over 68 and a half rushing no 68 and a half receiving yards yep. yep so um you know and i'm not gonna lie dude i am invested in your boy james cook i like his prop too um what's his, what's his over right now on his rushing uh 60 66 and a half nice i like that too 66 and a half. i mean i hate to i mean you like he's getting 17 attempts a game up from 12 right 61 and a half yards per game up to 72.4. He's just more of a focal point. And with the weather issues in Buffalo, I definitely like that prop as well. Great. Side play, what are we working at with my man? Yeah, so I think this is going to be a shocker for a lot of people. Um, I'm looking at the Monday night game. We're looking at the Eagles at the Buccaneers. And this is a little contingency. So, you know, keep that in mind with this play. But I'm looking at Tampa Bay money line plus 145. I really like, you know, what this Tampa Bay team has done down the stretch. I know Baker is beat up, ankle, shoulder. You know, he's he sat out practice yesterday. Something to monitor walking into the weekend. Um, but you know, he's got until Monday to get right. I think he's gets another day of rest probably today. Some treatment. You know, we'll look for some reports tomorrow. Overall, though, my numbers show that Tampa Bay wins this outright by about a field goal. You know, they're a plus three right now. We're talking about a six-point edge, um, you know, for this game in favor of Tampa Bay. So, you know, uh, when I'm looking at the numbers in terms of these rankings, um, you know, Tampa Bay rushing defense, number 11, passing defense, number 15, um, passing offense, number 15, rushing offense, bottom of the pack, you know, 29, you know, as it, as it ended with the regular season. However... Rashad White, you know, he really tore off, you know, some really good runs there toward the end, really built up, you know, a good rapport with Baker, you know, catching passes out of the backfield. I look at that. I look at him as being an extension of the pass more than I do as a, as a, you know, pure runner and, and bruiser, you know, between the tackles for what that team does. I really like also, I like Otten, I like Evans and I like Godwin just to stand up. I think they have great size advantages over the Eagles DBs uh, in that secondary. I mean, if Baker plays and he's just throwing the ball around, I really think they, you know, they could muscle up around those guys a little bit. Here's some numbers for the Eagles side. Passing defense, number 28. Rushing defense, number 19. So, you know, on that side of the ball, it's like, yeah, Tampa Bay has got a little bit of, you know, a little swag against those numbers there for their advantage. Um, obviously the Eagles numbers have been always top tier when it comes to their offense. They are a little banged up. They're still getting, 
you know, some reports, of course, about Hertz, about AJ Brown, you know, what's going on with those guys. Obviously, they need to get healthy for the weekend. Um, you know, so, you know, just and you just kind of look at where each of those teams had kind of gone in different directions a little bit for themselves. You know, Eagles, you know, not winning, you know, a lot of their last six games um, or what was it? They were they were 10 and one ended up with the same record as the Bills and as a number five seed. So, you know, they were 10 and one when they beat us that weekend. <laughs> so, you know, I I just kind of look back and you, you just that's a different trending you know, team right there in terms of where they were going offensively, uh, defensively, especially because those, uh, you know, so many teams stepped up against them. Um, and those numbers that I just talked about from a passing defense and rushing defense perspective are probably a lot to speak to in that regard. So, you know, I really like um, Tampa Bay at home. I think that's also another great, you know, feature. I don't put like a lot of, um, you know, muster behind the home away stuff when it gets into the playoffs because, you know, every team is is really playing at a high level at this point. But Tampa Bay really went in, went out on their upswing versus Philadelphia going in, going out on a downswing with the regular season. Um, you know, I look at those kinds of momentum things uh, just a little bit, situationally a little bit. Like I said, this is all dependent on Baker playing, getting healthy enough to play, and everything like that, but I cannot ignore Tampa Bay plus 145 for the weekend. That is where I'm looking for my second place. Uh, yeah, a lot of it depends on Baker. He hit the nail on the head. Eagles are sinking ship right now, and it kind of just goes back to what we talked about. Windows close. Windows yeah. close fast. Who would have thought that the Eagles, 10-1, and 1, made it to the Super Bowl last year, would be the fifth seed limping into the playoffs? Uh, Smith, um, Brown, Hurts, Blankenship. Slay, I mean, the list just goes on and on. They're insanely banged up. Rumors Sirianni yeah. could be out. They could be bringing in Belichick. It yeah. is a very um, dreadful situation in New England. My next one, and look, and it's going to <laughs> you, said, you said New England. I know where you're going. <laughs> my, uh, my next one, and this one's going to break my heart. I'm taking the Rams plus three and a mm. half. We all know how this game is going to end. Stafford getting the ball back with 45 seconds left, driving the length of the field for a game-winning field goal, game-winning touchdown, whatever. I know the Lions are number one DVOA versus the run, but when you look at how Kyron Williams has done against other top 10 DVOA defense against the Ravens, 25 attempts for a buck 14, and against the Browns, 21 attempts for 88 yards, averaging over four yards per carry in both games. Also, when we look at Williams to close the season, last three games, averaging 23 attempts, buck 14.3 yards per game, five yards per carry. If the Rams are able to have success running the ball, the Lions aren't going to get any stops. We saw this against the, the game early in the Ravens with how bad the Lions back four is. I know they're 16th DVOA passing, but let's just look at the last three weeks. Nick Mullins, 396, two TDs. Dak Prescott, 345 two TDs, Nick Mullins again, 411 yards, two TDs. So the last three games, quarterbacks are averaging 384 yards per game. Also, Nick Mullins had not one, but two games where he threw for over 390 yards. Let's let that stat sit in for a little bit. And now you're going to stop Matt Stafford and which DBs are going to cover Cooper Cup and Puka. 
They don't have anyone in the back end that can stop. Plus the Lions will be without Laporta, which is really going to hurt the passing attack because the Ben Johnson offense funnels through the middle of the field. McVay, 3-1 ATS as a ro- on the road in the playoffs as a visitor, 3-2 ATS as a dog. And there's an old saying, don't poke the bear. Yeah. Why are the Lions banning Lions Matt Stafford jerseys from For the this stadium? stadium? Makes no idea. <laughs> zero sense. It is a Lions freaking jersey. Now you got <laughs> Kelly Stafford going online, going on social media. Matt's chiming in about it. I don't know what the hell's going on. And then when I look back at this, the best defensive player on the field is Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. I'll take Raheem Morris over Aaron Glenn in terms of scheming a defense. Yeah, I think Stafford is better than Jared Goff. I think that um, Sean McVay. That's why they made the trade, right? <laughs> I'm sorry? So that's why they made the trade, right? And I think Sean McVay <laughs> can scheme better than Ben Johnson. So all that stuff, and there's one thing. I said this a couple weeks ago. Actually, no, I take this back. I said this maybe like five, six weeks ago on my Tuesday night stream. Dan Campbell is going to cost the Lions a game with how emotionally he gets going for it. And look, you can make the case with what happened a couple weeks ago in Dallas, the Lions got screwed. But as soon as that penalty happened, they should have just kicked the extra point. And look, we don't even know because there was still, what, 45 seconds, 40 seconds left in the game. Who's to say that the Cowboys wouldn't have been able to drive the length of the field and kick a field goal to win the game. But my point, my point with all this is I feel this could be a game where Campbell gets very caught up in the moment and makes an idiotic decision that costs the Lions. Going for it, like you get down a quick 10-0 or 14-0, going for it on fourth and two from your own 35 to try to get some momentum, you get stopped and boom, the Rams score again. Um going for the win with two minutes left or like something like that. I don't know. I just don't trust Campbell in this situation. So I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams plus three and a half breaks my heart, dude breaks my heart. Uh, I get it. I mean, I get it. I've been there. I, I totally respect it because, you know, I, I hold no bias to any of my teams when I'm placing a bet. Um, you know, it's it's totally unbiased when I come to my money. <laughs> so I, I totally respect it. Um, I know that's a tough spot to be. I I agree with you on several fronts, and especially from the passing defense, for, you know, side of the ball. Um, even the passing offense side of the ball. I mean, taking away Laporta is going to be, you know, it's, that's a big weapon that you guys have had over recent weeks that you're not going to have. Um, yeah. And it's going to be a different dynamic of the team. And I would agree with the emotional aspect. I mean. NFL couldn't have written a better script for this weekend in so many places. I mean, just all over the board. Um, That's all the NFL does, dude. They just write you scripts, know? dude. Yeah. They just yeah. write scripts, man. I mean, and if anybody has paid attention to the colors of what they're putting for the uh, the Super Bowl ads, uh, we're looking at a Niners-Baltimore uh, Super Bowl right no. now. No. <laughs> I'm just no. saying based on colors, based on the color, if, if anything gave it away over the last – Three years, 
you know, that's that's the same thing they've been, they've been doing, right? I mean, it's all jokes aside, of course, but uh, it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Obviously, my Bills are going to make it to the Super Bowl, so I'm not worried. Dude, yeah. I got them 50 to 1, dude. I hope they make it, dude. I hope oh, they yeah. make it. There you go. But, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you on the, all those points. I mean, I know that's a tough spot to be uh, from a fan perspective, but from a better's perspective, makes all the sense in the world. Um, I would even, you know, as usual, sprinkle a little bit on that money line. Um, taking a look at it, I'm sure uh, it'd be something to to look at because these teams right now, uh, wherever wherever you're looking at dog money with the points, I'm I'm just you know I'm encouraging any better. Make sure that you know you're not wasting money on juice. Go ahead and put that money on a juice free line with some money line. Um, you know these teams are going to win and cover that are going to win. David, I'd like to thank you for coming on, taking time out of your schedule to talk a little shop. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? Yes, thank you, sir. Yeah, as usual, you know, Twitter, Instagram, handles right here, betterdp21, better with an OR. Looking forward to the weekend. Let's go Bills. Let's go Lions. And uh, let's, let's stay go warm. Lions. Just win, <laughs> don't cover. Just win, don't cover. Just there win, don't cover. So. Um. I'd like to thank you for coming on. Let's make some money and uh, we'll talk next week, my friend. Everybody, let's cash. Make sure you give my boy David a follow at BetterDP21. Now, let's shift our attention over to some New England Patriots talk with them moving away from Bill Belichick. Big news in the world of the NFL with another coach stepping down. Bill Belichick no longer with the New England Patriots, and who better to come on than one of the biggest Boston fans I know and a huge Patriots fan, Brandon, a.k.a. at Boston Boy 83 You guys may remember him, obviously, from the NASCAR podcast, and that's going to be starting up in a couple weeks. Brandon, how you doing today, my man? Doing good. Still kind of feeling like I'm waking up in, in an awkward dream. Now – a, what was your first reaction when you heard this news? I was shocked because I'm not going to lie. Once we got into Thursday, or it was Thursday morning when it broke, I was at the gym. It's going to be a, a, a alert that I'll never forget. But once we got through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm thinking, you know what? They haven't announced it yet. He's got a year left on his contract. They've been talking. Maybe he's just going to finish it out here. Like, who knows? You got a good draft pick. You can grab a QB. Like, maybe. But uh, clearly the two didn't see eye to eye. I said this to you before we get on here. Call it what it is. Bill Belichick got fired from the New England Patriots. They didn't agree to part ways. I think he still wanted to go in his old-fashioned direction and what he believes in. And Kraft wanted something different because he's sick of losing. And they did that whole bullcrap. I'll say you're the best coach. You say I'm the best owner. We'll shake hands, smile, and walk away to avoid media scrutiny. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was classy. I don't, I don't believe this whole hoop love. Oh, they love each other. This is so nice. No, that was a safe face for both of them and not have to answer questions. So, I thought the press conference was very odd. Um, I... I look at the Titans, and the Titans could have easily parted ways with Ray. 
And I kind of feel Vrabel is just like, hey, you know what? I'll take one for the team. Just just fire me and like let me go. And I'll I I got something brewing. I'm gonna go to, you know, you guys look like you let let me go because I wasn't doing a good job. And I I just kind of feel with the Patriots one, there's obviously an issue between the two, but you're right, they're trying to save save face. I think um, it's more save face from Kraft due to the fan base in New England, because if it broke bill belichick was fired all these loyal fans that are so bill mindset mm-hmm. would have shit all over craft saying you let brady go and then you fire bill we don't even want you as an owner which brings up a good point like hypothetically like i don't you know patriots are going to have an easier schedule because they did finish with the second worst record in the league but what happens if i do start out oh and four one and three one and you know, like oh and six, whatever. <laughs> what is your reaction as a fan gonna be? Like, are you gonna be like, if they had Bill, this wouldn't be happening? No, because it just happened this year and we had Bill. Um, the reason I hate trying to point a finger at Bill, I think Mac Jones is a Robert Kraft draft pick. Mm-hmm. I do. So Brady leaves. Bill, I think, wanted to move on from Brady in general at that time. And Kraft wants Mac Jones. It doesn't work. You take the QB position out of that football team and evaluate it elsewhere. Gonzalez was a shutdown corner as a rookie until he got hurt. Gerard Mayo off the end was phenomenal. The defense was not giving up points throughout the entire season. And you go back to week one, two turnovers, Got the ball with two minutes left, a chance to win, lose. Play the Dolphins the following week, multiple turnovers, had the ball with two minutes left to win the game. You look at in London or Germany when we played, a minute and 36 seconds left, Matt Jones throws a pick when they're down by three at the 15-yard line. This team, special teams is fine. Defense, to me, was phenomenal throughout the year to be on the field as much as they were. And you didn't have a quarterback that could manage the game or play under pressure. How you put that four and twelve season on Bill Belichick is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously it's. But my my counter to that is this: Do you feel if they had a better OC? Because when you look at what Skafanski has done with Cleveland and the way he's able to scheme players open where it didn't matter (laughs) Watson, PJ Walker, DTR or Jersey Joe Flacco off the couch. Do you feel if Bill O'Brien would have been better at his job? They would have had a better season. Yes. And I say that because the plays they were running, you can blame the receiver, but we had the worst separation from a receiver to DB in a league. And if you look at the weapons that we did have on offense, nobody on that team is like, oh, my God, Pro Bowl stud right now. But you did have Parker. You did have Smith-Schuster, who isn't the same as he used to be. But then you had Hunter Henry. And then you get Gusecki. And then you got Douglas coming in. And then you have the two-headed monster with Stevenson and Zeke. Like, the players were there. Again, no number one, no no threat, no no 
Jamar Chase, Chase or whatever his name Martin is, Jefferson, like Joe Jefferson, yeah. fine. But to me, the old Bill O'Brien could make that work in a Brady-style offense, dink and dunk, screens, like these hot routes. Like all that worked when Brady was around, which Brady's Brady. But long-winded, yes, I think Bill O'Brien drastically failed in being able to create an offense that could move the ball down the field with the personnel that was on the field. Um. Now, if, where do you think – do you think we're going to see – because the three big guys that retired were Carroll. I have a sense he wants to get back <laughs> in it. Saban, I think he's done from everything, how he's acting. Belichick, I kind of think he wants to get back in it. And I Atlanta. Think hot, you think he's going to go to Atlanta? Atlanta or Chargers. Both those teams on the field are set up for success with the talent that they have. I think they need somebody with the genius mindset of Bill to look in different directions that these mediocre coaches just can't do. And, it, and mind you, if he goes to Atlanta, look at that division he's in. And Atlanta will have the easiest schedule. I mean, that's a good. That's where I thought he was going to go. He can win a division easy, and if his overall goal is to get those fourteen wins to pass Shula and retire, what a better place to go to a horrible division where you play the Panthers twice, the Bucks twice, and the Saints, the Saints twice. So two, four, six. There's a minimum of a six-win season right there. Now. There are rumors that there are playoff teams, if they underachieve, Bill could be in play for next year. Obviously. Are you thinking like the Rams? I No, I'm thinking if the Cowboys lose to the Packers, he could, go, he could go to the Cowboys. I'm thinking if the Eagles lose to the, the Bucks, yeah. he could go to the Bucks. And this is the one I wanted to ask you. If the Bills get upset by the Steelers, how upset would you be as a Patriots fan if Belichick went up to Buffalo and you guys had to play against him twice a year? I hate you for that because that wasn't even in my head. So I'm, I'm going to sleep good tonight with that one. But uh, that would be tough. I can't tell everybody through and through because my mom actually called me. I was like, so are you going where Bill goes? I'm like, no, no. Just like when Brady left, I'm a, I'm a Pat. If we go two and 14 next year, we go two and 14. Like I'm not bailing on him, period. Yeah. I'll get into why I like our future, but if he goes to Buffalo with his defensive mindset and their roster, watch out. Now, Obviously, with the hire of Mayo, what do you think of that? Do you think – obviously, I think Steve Belichick is going to follow his dad wherever he goes. I agree. To me, that just makes sense. Um, <laughs> Mayo, will Mayo be calling the defense, or will he, like, will he bring in a D.C.? If so, who do you think? And then what's going to happen with the offensive side of the ball? Do you think he retains Bill O'Brien, or do you think he goes and he looks in a different direction? I think he's going to retain Bill O'Brien because of the relationship that they had when he was a player as well. Like I could see those two staying together. Um, we'll know how behind closed doors, how raw it really was with Bill leaving. If Steve goes, 
because I think Steve is set up to still be able to call the defense like he has been, and he's done a great job. So as take the personal family situation out of it, Steve's still in a great spot if he's if Mayo doesn't revamp everybody. But if you see Steve immediately even go with dad to Atlanta or something like that, I could say it was toxic. I like the Mayo hire. I'm a firm believer in Bill we trust. Like that will never that will never change for me. And you got a guy that played for him for years, now coached under him. Like I like the Mayo hire. I wanted Vrabel, 2021 coach of the year, four playoff appearances, an AFC championship playoff appearance, players coach. Like I, I thought Tennessee did him dirty personally, but don't mind the Gerard Mayo. I will say, I said this to you before we started, I, I will say two things, actually. One, kudos to Kraft, because they put in Mayo's contract a succession plan to become head coach or move up throughout the coaching in New England in his contract last offseason. So for anybody that thinks Kraft woke up on Monday and was like, yeah, we got to get rid of Bill, this has been the plan. I think it just got sped up a year, because I don't know why you would extend Bill's contract last offseason for another year and then fire him and put that succession plan in Mayo's contract. But also look at it as a little scapegoat for Kraft because they don't have to go through the entire hiring process. As long as it's in a contract of a succession plan, you don't have to go through all the interview requirements that the NFL has. So I like Um, it. Now, obviously, great position. Lined up for the two pick. Obviously, you're going to move on from Mac Jones. Uh Zappy, I'm a big Zappy guy. Won me a lot of money at WKU. Won me some money betting yeah. on the past the season. However, you're in a good position. You know, there's quarter quarterbacks galore at the top of the at the top of the board. Uh, ideal world, do you want Caleb Williams? Because what came out today was he is waiting because if the Bears have the top pick he wants reinsurance they're going to trade down or something because he doesn't want to go to Chicago. I did not hear that. So where perfect world, what quarterback (laughs) would you want to be leading your Patriots next season? Perfect world. And if they draft the man, I might bite my lip for saying this. I don't want Caleb due to the fact of what you just said. I'm not going to the Bears. I don't want to go there. So if you guys don't trade down, I'm holding out. And then what was it a month ago? Wherever I get drafted, I want partial ownership in the team. That head is so big right now when you're a great quarterback, but what have you done in college to be able to stand up and say, I'm going to want all that kind of stuff. So perfect world. I'm a Drake May fan. I see him a lot because being a Miami Hurricanes fan, I watch a lot of ACC football. Um, I like the way Drake May manages the game. I like his arm. I like him rolling out of the pocket. And that's something that New England has not ever had, is somebody that can move on their feet and extend a play. Mm-hmm. So I would like Drake May, but I want to spin this over to you because you're so much more involved in like the analytical stuff. I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts where we're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. 
and then grabbing a quarterback sometime in the second round, like Michigan's quarterback or even Washington's quarterback because of his injuries, he'll fall. Do you think that would be a big mistake when you have LSU's quarterback, Williams and Drake, one, two, and three, where you're guaranteed one of those guys, regardless of what you do? Do you not go grab one of them and then build around that? Especially we're going to have $75 million in cap space. We can go, we can go pay a receiver, a proven receiver. Yeah, there are. But I mean, when you look at it, the three top wide receivers on the market are Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley and um, Pittman from the Colts. That like, if that's like the thing, like who are you going to go after? I'd probably say, Pittman one, Ridley two, Evans three, just because of the age. That's obviously what I'd say. I think you have to go for the quarterback just because if you don't, who's going to be the starting quarterback next season? You obviously don't want to bring like a Russ in. You obviously don't want to bring a Jake Browning in. Um, What's another quarterback that could be on? There's always a million quarterbacks. Maybe Jared Goff is on the move from the Lions. Kenny Pickens, excuse me. You don't want one of those guys. If... For whatever reason, you have Mayhi, your scouting department, Daniel Daniels, whoever, that's who you want to get. Now, my thing is, though, is if the general manager has it where he has Penix as their top quarterback, but he knows Penix, because of his ACL injuries, is going to fall to the second round, then you would wait. So I guess it like it kind of depends on who you have ranked where, if that makes sense. Like if at the end of the day, if Penix is your top dog, you can't take Penix at the two pick. You have to wait to take him. So uh, I, and I think that's where I get concerned because I've also seen some mocks where we trade with the bears for just fields. Dude, I'll tell you what, dude, like this is the thing with fields. Okay. Now hear me out. So, I'm just gonna pull up. I'm, I'm I'm gonna pull up every NFL team, and you tell me which quarterback you'd want. Uh, Josh Allen or Justin Fields? Josh Allen. Tua or Justin Fields? Shockingly, Justin. I would take Justin over Tua. I don't trust Tua completely. New, um, Mac Jones or Justin Fields? Justin Fields. Aaron Rodgers. Broke ass ACL fields Lamar or fields Lamar Burrow or fields Burrow uh Deshaun Watson or fields oh fields all day I ain't touching Deshaun uh Kenny Pickett or fields fields I I see where you're going with this like CJ Stroud or fields Stroud Anthony Richardson or Fields? Fields. Lawrence or Fields? Fields. Will Levis or Fields? Fields. Uh, Russell Wilson or Fields? Fields. I, I see what you're doing. Obviously, you're going to take Mahomes over Fields. Yeah. Um, You'll take Fields over Aiden O'Connell. Herbert or Fields? Herbert. I, I do love her. Love me some Herbert. Uh, Kyler Murray. <coughs> Fields. Stafford. He's old. Fields. 
obviously you'll take fields over Purdy, fields over Geno Smith, fields over whatever Ritter, fields over um, Howell. Bryce Young. I'm assuming you'll take him over um, uh, Derek Carr. I'm assuming yep. you'll take him over Baker Mayfield. Assuming you, what about Kirk Cousins? Yeah, old. I don't injury old. Jordan Love, who's been pretty good. To me, that'd be a toss-up. Say Fields, um, Jared Goff or Fields? I'm still going with Fields. Uh, you'll take him over Howell, uh, Jalen Hurts or Fields? Hurts. Uh, you'll take him over Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott or Fields? I'm going with Dak. I think he's just hated on way too much. I so right there, per your rankings, Fields is the ninth best quarterback in the league. All right. I see what you did there. Like, I never thought of it that way. But you have like and when I get this he's worth a number one pick. I would not send whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're saying you'd send the two pick for Justin Fields? So we got the three. You got but I thought you had the two. No, we had the three. So we would send the three to Fields, four Fields. No, no, no. Because no. that's what I'm saying. If you want to do a trade with them and get Fields, then you take that number three pick and you get Marvin Harrison Jr. So now you have Justin Fields and you have your your what's supposed to be a huge threat wide receiver. So what you're saying is – so let's do this. Would you trade with the Chicago Bears because they're going to want picks? Would you take what what picks would you be willing? Would you be willing to send a second and a fourth? Yeah, I'd definitely do a second and a fourth. So the 34th pick and the 103rd? Yes. I mean, okay. And then you take and then you take Marvin Harris. I like that, like taking a second and a third and then taking Marvin Harrison. But there's no world you can trade your first. I think Justin Fields is electric. I think in the right system with some RPOs, put him in the backfield with Stevenson. You get Marvin Harris. You got have Thornton, I think is insane. You didn't lose him as much as you did. And Fields likes to throw to the tight ends, and you have a great receiver one in Henry. <laughs> so See, if, now I kind of like that. Now, getting into this, the most recent talk is the Falcons get Justin Fields in a 2025 six round pick. Bears get pick number 43 overall. The third in 2025 get third round pick, fifth round pick, and becomes a fourth if Justin plays 70% of the snaps on offense. So, I mean, the one thing with Fields is he's never made it through. A full year that's that's the one worry with fields he's never he's never made it through a full year and that's so that, my concern with, with that, that being I, said, I would never spend a first round pick on it so with that being said do you see the bears even going qb or saying since they oh they've got those two picks so why not that never i think i think the bears front office is clueless 
I mean, I think it's a complete train wreck. They have no idea what they're doing. Um, and I really feel there's two ways of looking at it. You can look at number one. Hey, we have a top pick. We have a chance to get Caleb Williams. If Caleb wants to come here, let's say, or Dustin May or whoever. So you can, if you like Caleb Williams, you trade fields and get what you can get. Um, draft Caleb Williams. And then you have another first round pick option two. Let's say, let's say for whatever you like Jaden Daniels, you trade down with a team, get some more assets, take Jalen Daniels, trade Justin Fields. Yeah. Another option. Okay. Look, um, Steelers want Caleb Williams. Let's say, okay, Steelers, you know, we're going to trade down, give us some picks, give us a couple players. You can have the top pick. Because you can fit, because the Bears did a great job getting DJ Moore, getting this top pick from Carolina. Yes. Um, their polls is going to have to hit another home run with whatever with whatever he decides to do. Um, but in terms of the Patriots, what positions do you want them to fulfill this offseason? Like in free agents, you're talking about their free agent money. Obviously, wide receivers or any other area on the field that you want to really, really see them attack in the free agent market. We need a we need we need a younger, more physical O line on the left side. So I'd okay. love to see them get a nice, strong offensive tackle. Um, okay. <clears throat> I think receivers are a dime a dozen. So I think if you go quarterback at number three. I think there's so many out there that you can go for to be able to grab a quarterback. I do like the free agency. I was wrong. We have 69 million in cap space. Um, I will tell you this. You're going to see something, something that's going to answer something that we've been trying to figure out for years. <clears throat> you know, Bill would never spend money in the off season ever. If he brought in a veteran, it was at a discounted cost to get a Super Bowl ring. Like Moss came in, almost got one. Bitch and wanted more money, shipped them out. Same with Revis. Like we've done it for years. It's always been told Bill doesn't want to spend money. Now that he's gone and we have almost 70 million in cat space, if we don't spend money in the offseason this year, it was never Bill. And it was always Kraft not wanting to spend the money. I'll be very excited to see what we do with that cap space. Because if we don't use it fully and sign some big deals then that tells me this whole time in the last 24 years, Kraft has said he doesn't want to pay the money. Yeah. So I believe it was Bill because Bill's one of those, like, you got to earn it. Screw that. Like, you're playing football for this if you want to ring. But mm-hmm. I've always wondered where that's come from, Kraft or Bill, and we're going to find out in the next couple months. That's going to be interesting to see. You're right. There's a lot of little things we assumed, which t- could turn out to be – um false and also if belichick does go to the chargers does go to the falcons does he get player control like he had it's gonna be really interesting to see and who are we gonna hire for gm by the way like that's wide open and i'm clueless in that category like, yeah that's true that's we need absolutely. a gm brandon i'd like to thank you for taking time out of your schedule coming on talking some patriots why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media and share your eye racing information Boston Boy 83, Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter. Um, iRacing will be driving a cup car for the first time in a league starting in February. We got the Daytona 
should be 500, but Daytona 200 in February. So once I know the broadcast link and the date and time, I'll let you guys know. But uh, yeah, super excited to get back into it. Our our betting, North Carolina sports betting is legal. Just waiting for the apps to go live every single day. So, welcome uh, to the club, my friend. Welcome. No more no more bovada for you, my friend. No bovada. <laughs> Uh, make sure to give my boy Brandon a follow, and then he'll be a weekly guest again once the NASCAR season starts up. We'll talk soon, my friend. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Eric. Make sure to give my boy Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83. Now let's shift our attention over and talk some Alabama football. Nick Saban, surprisingly, retiring. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're talking some college football. A big name retired. Nick Saban retiring from Alabama, and who better to come on than my co-host for the College Football Tailgate, Chase, a.k.a. the Wolf of Oakland, host of the Notorious OTP podcast. Chase, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing good, Uncle Rico. It's been uh, just bo- bombshell news day when it comes to, to coaching changes. Who would have thought that within a span of, what, 46 hours, we would see Carol, Sabin, and Belichick just all retire? Yeah, what, like well, – Seven Super Bowls and, and 10 national championships just walked out of the door from, from co- coaching. And one mid-American championship. That's not. Uh, oh, don't. Oh, yeah. Sorry. When he raised yeah, the course. banner at Toledo. Let's not forget about that, dude. Let's not forget yeah. about him raising the banner for Toledo, man. You know, I love me some Mac. That was just pure oversight on my part. Um, You know, why do you think Saban retired? This is totally out of the blue. Like, you know, we heard whispers of Carroll. We heard whispers of Belichick but nothing about Saban. Why do you think he hung it up? I don't think that he likes coaching in the new era of college football, because if you remember before he was at Alabama, he was, he had a very short stay with the Miami dolphins. And it's, I don't think that he likes dealing with the money side of it, which he has to deal with now with NIL and everything. And I think that it just maybe kind of turned more into, into, coaching NFL football where it's more about managing personalities and letting your coaches coach. And, uh, you know, as opposed to being that guy who's there, who's driven with the process, like, you know, it seems like the, the process guys are dying out and the relationship guys are, are coming into their own in college football. Now. Deion Sanders coach of the Buffalo. No, sorry. The Colorado Buffaloes tweeted Saban left because the game passed him by kind of connects with what you were saying earlier correct yeah and i'm not sure if it's because i mean like the x's and o of, of football never passed him by but i i think he's he's correct in the sense that uh the you know the the business side of college football passed him by like i don't know i i can imagine being a head football coach now is a is a crazy uh crazy stressful job as you know, even more so than it used to be. And also, I mean, what kind of world are we living in where we're shocked when a 72 year old man decides to hang, hang it up? You know, I mean, it is kind of weird. I mean, we forget how old he is. And my mom remembered this when I was talking to her about it last night. She mentioned how he got a little crap for going to Europe for his 50th wedding anniversary instead of out recruiting. Yeah, that was a good point. I mean, like, this is the twilight, you know, you have grandkids. 
hang it up, enjoy life, because Saban strikes me as a grinder. And then you mentioned the NIL. NIL money comes in. More people are transferring. You can't get by with, hey, I'll get you to the NFL. You got to give that money. And I think you're right. I think he just got sick of the NIL stuff and was like, peace, deuces, I'm out. Because he has more than enough money to live off the rest of his life and his kids and his grandkids do. So, I mean, that's generational wealth, what he's been able to graduate down at Tuscaloosa. And I feel like he's not married to it. Like, I feel like Bear Bryant putting put off retiring for so long because he knew that as soon as he quit coaching, he would probably die. And what what happened? He like a week later, like a week or two weeks later after he retired, he he passed away. And I don't think Saban's like that at all. Like I, I don't think that he has to have it, but I, I think that you know now didn't Joe Paternal, didn't he pass shortly after he um got fired or barter bay ways, whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it, it seems like when those guys don't have that in their life anymore, it's just like you know, there's just a, a fast decline. Saban is, was, excuse me, 297, 71 and one in his college coaching career, 11 SEC conference championships. This is the pride and joy. One mid-American conference championships and an insane six national championships. Will we have another coach come close to this resume? And if so, if so, who's the coach? I think we have another coach come close to this. He's not a coach yet. He might still be a player and not yet born. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be really hard to come close to it because now we're going into a 12, 12 team playoff format and yeah. playoff football is hard. You know, yeah. there you got college kids who are about to be playing, you know, not, not to mention January football, but December football now, like it's, yeah. it's tough. It's a war of attrition. So, I, I kind of think that just because of the era that he lived in, which I mean, something to be said for winning consistently in the BCS era and consistently in the in the college football playoff era at the same time. I, I think for the era that he lived in, like I, you know, I you have you might have to change the the standards to say something is Saban esque in the future. Now, with Carol and Belichick, I just really get a sense that hey, these guys are going to be coaching again. Right. But I don't get that with Saban. Do we do you think we see Saban coaching again, maybe in the NFL, maybe at another college? Or do you think, you know, hey, he's he's just done? You know, I was kind of think I was we were talking about I was talking about this with someone else. And I had this random thought that kind of crossed my mind before I fell asleep last night that I thought was kind of interesting. I think if you see Coach Saban return to coaching, it's at like the high school level. Really? Yeah, I could see him just being bored and deciding to coach a, a local high school or something uh, because he obviously loves coaching. He obviously loves instructing, too. And, you know, you got what you got at the high school. It's not about, you know, NIL money or, or anything like that. It's it's you know, it's like uh, high school football is now what college football kind of used to be uh, because there's there's not the, the money involved. I, I honestly I, if he gets bored dawdling around hell, I don't know, a flag football team at the Y, maybe. Could you imagine that you're like this freshman kid showing up for practice and then freaking yeah. Nick Saban's your coach and just yelling at you? I yes. mean, that that would be the most detail oriented high school football team ever. ever. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
you know, we're hearing a lot of names. I'm interested to hear who you think about who could potentially replace Nick Saban. Who do you think they go with? What direction? I honestly think that they're going to throw a stupid amount of money at Dabo Sweeney. Oh, okay. Um, let, look, let's look at what their previous coaching situations looked like. Like you have Bear Bryant, uh, then you have Gene Stallings for not that long, and then they were kind of lost in the wilderness for a little bit Mike, until Mike Shula, Mike Shula, Joe Kynes, Mike Price didn't even coach a game. Um, then who else? Uh, 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 Dennis Francione. Um, all those guys that just never really panned out and they're, you know, they, they had to kind of kick people around a little bit until they finally got to their person. And they did, they did it by hiring someone who was already successful at the level. I mean, Saban already had a national championship at LSU before he came to, before he came to Alabama. So I could see that maybe being the blueprint, like take, taking someone who's successful because you know, they can pay for it, but trying to, uh, trying to just go ahead and latch onto that. I like that. The obviously the big the name that's getting it's all over social media is um the Oregon coach Dan Lenning. Um in terms of the money situation, Phil Knight, I think, would throw any amount of sum to keep Lenning in Oregon. Right. So I don't think he would go. Unless he just wants to get back to the SEC. Right. And how funny would it be for Oregon to be going to the Big Ten without him as their coach? Is it mean that a part of me wants him to go to Alabama and take Bo Nix with him somehow? Like get Bo Nix an extra year of eligibility so he can Bo roll them out against Nix. Alabama? And then the interesting one to me, and I think this one would be really fun, Lane Kiffin. I, I don't see that as an impossibility at all. I do not. I think that's that's actually, I would put him up there with Dabo, quite honestly, with, with where they go. I think what Lane has done in his, you know, like what, winning 29 games in three seasons, two New Year's Six um, bowl appearances. And the only thing is, though, but then again, you're going to Alabama. 2024, like the, the squad he has assembled is absolutely insane. Yeah. So do you risk your grind to go to greener pastures potentially, or do you grind out at Old Miss entering situation with him? Another name, um, Steve Sar Sarkeesian obviously was the OC there, but he's at Texas. Would you want to leave Texas to go to Alabama as crazy as it sounds? I think if you're leaving Texas for Alabama, it's obviously not a money decision. It's a it's a prestige sort of sort of thing. And honestly, I mean, if we're if we're talking, I mean, college blue bloods. I know there's the joke of you know is Texas back, but like if Texas wasn't a blue blood, we wouldn't be talking about them every single year. And if and if they're back, I I don't think I think Texas is one of those jobs where it's it's uh, you know. Um, a, a diagonal move, not quite a lateral move. It's just a little step up. And I'm not sure that you, you uproot for it. I, uh, I kind of, I'm going to give you a name. I think might be kind of interesting. Brian Dable. The bowl going back. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, cause like there's a, I mean, what about Rabel? Rabel would work too. And he's from the whole Saban Belichick tree too so it 
Wouldn't it be hilarious if Bill Belichick took this job? I, I was talking, God, who was I talking with last night? I was Jim. I was talking to our buddy XFL Jim. What if Pete Carroll went there? I actually, I kind of thought the same thing too, that Pete Carroll would be a, a would fit in too. Cause I think that Pete Carroll, like he ran USC, like they were, uh, you know, already in the NIL era. So you might, you know, you gotta think he's pretty good with. Um, another name I'm hearing Dan Quinn, DC of the Dallas Cowboys. I think he wants to stay in the NFL though. I don't see him going down to the collegiate level. One more. What about Kellen DeBoer, the Washington coach? I mean, he's a, a proven winner every single place that he goes at every single level of the game. He has, what, like three NAIA national championships. He came in for one year at uh, Fresno. at Fresno replacing Tedford and coached a really good team. And then he's been nothing but lights out at Washington. I don't know. I, I don't know how much of like a Pacific Northwest guy he is or if he's a South guy. But then again, a lot of, you know, money spends in every every region of the country. So. 104 and 12 in his coaching career is absolutely insane for him. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see it definitely trying to change the landscape of college football. And I know people are probably racing to bet Georgia. I'm telling you guys race to bet Old Miss because as of right now with the two divisions of the SEC, there's going to be that one. Is it going to be LSU? Is it going to be Old Miss? Or is it still going to be Alabama that has to play Georgia in the SEC championship? With that Old Miss roster, I look at Old Miss. Old Miss future to win it all, I think, is huge value right now. Even more so now with the Saban news. Chase, I, I, I agree with you. That's a good point. That's a good, that's a good zig to make, I think, to Old Miss. Now, am I crazy to think that we're going to see recruits decommit we already saw that one five-star recruit the wide receiver decommit are we just going to see this roster just totally abandoned ship now you think i don't know i do do they hop off and go to the to the transfer portal they've always been do they always seem to have you know not that much they seem to get gain more from the transfer portal than they ever give up i don't i don't know i you're still loaded with talent man i just it's it's so hard to put your thumb on um and honestly, I kind of forgot the question too. Uh, if if we're <laughs> going to see um, a mass exodus of I, players in the portal, I think it all depends on who they hire. If if okay. they hire someone that they like, then then I think you you see a lot of people stay. Uh, they might have to do an internal hire for that to happen. Yeah. But I mean, who or, would, or who bring in Mel Tucker or bring in Mel Tucker? Just bring in Mel Tucker. You know, okay. solves every problem. Chase, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Come on, talk some Nick Saban and Alabama football. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and when your notorious OTP podcast comes out? Yeah, you can always find me being abrasive on Twitter. Uh, I'm at of Oakland. That's O-F and the word Oakland, O-A-K-L-A-W-N. Uh, the podcast at notor notorious underscore OTB on Twitter. Um you can find me on Instagram at Wolf of Oaklawn. Um, yeah, podcast is out Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday each week. We take a look at the uh, usually Friday and Saturday racing cards. I have guests. Sometimes I roll solo, and it is a, a kaleidoscope of fun. 
make sure to give my boy Chase a follow. Also, Chase, myself, and Jim are live every Saturday morning talking college hoops. Make sure to check that out. You know what? Thanks for coming on, man, and we'll talk soon, my friend. Thank you, Uncle Rico. Always a blast. Make sure to give my boy Chase a follow at the Wolf of Oakland. Him and I will be live Saturday morning talking college basketball at FL Gym. Boom, boom, boom. That's it for the podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. We are back stronger than ever after a two-week break. Make sure to give all the guests a follow. David at BetterDP21. Brandon at BostonBoy83. And Chase at the Wolf of Oakland. We'll be back next week. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.